while in nursing school, I think I was like really exposed to the lack of diversity just within the health professions and within your interprofessional health team, right? Because it's not only about nurses and doctors, but there are other members of the team. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa Donato, And I'm Marian Leary. And you're listening to Amplify Nursing, a Penn Nursing podcast supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy, and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm. On this episode of Amplify Nursing, we talk to Mary Rose St. Cyr. Mary Rose is a second-year nursing student in the Direct Entry MSN program at MGH's Institute for Health Professionals in Boston. A second-degree nursing student and no stranger to academia, Mary Rose has spent her career supporting underrepresented students in healthcare. Today, we talk about her journey into nursing, her passion for healthcare workforce diversity initiatives, and her plans to become a psychiatric nurse practitioner. So Mary Rose, thank you so much for being here and talking with us today on the Amplify Nursing Podcast. I'm super excited to get to talk with you. All right. Thank you so much for having me, Miriam. So to get started, um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? You have a really interesting history. I know you're currently in a second degree nursing program, but we'll get to that in a little bit. First, I want to hear about the work you've been doing before that, that has really led you to nursing. All right. So I think in order for me to introduce myself, I think it's so important that I acknowledge that I'm a first generation college student and first generation professional. Um, I was born and raised in Ewing, New Jersey, which is about five to 10 minutes outside of Trenton. Um, New Jersey. And uh, during my undergraduate experience, I was mentored by student affairs practitioners who encouraged me to pursue a career in higher education. And so after I attended graduate school, I, um, I worked at Columbia University as a program assistant for the state pre-college enrichment program, which is a grant funded program um, through the state of New York that, and within that program, we worked with over a hundred high school students who aspired to be health professionals. Um, I would travel throughout the city recruiting students and on the weekends, they would come to the campus and they were taught um, various science courses as well as um, we held various career panels for the students to learn more about the health field. So that was like my first experience and glimpse into the world of higher ed and how we can um, utilize higher ed to recruit more underserved and underrepresented students into um, medicine and other health professions. Um, after that, um, I then, <laughs> I say I went through like a quarter life crisis because um, after working as a program assistant, I then transitioned to a position at a nonprofit institution where I was again recruiting more high school students. But I was 
again, experiencing that quarter life crisis, decided to uproot my life from New Jersey. And I um, moved to Sacramento, California. And from there, I landed a job working at UC Davis School of Medicine, where I worked with pre-health students as well as post-bac students. Um, and I also coordinated a post-bac consortium, which was a partnership of five post-bac programs throughout the state of California. Um, I would travel up and down throughout the state, really speaking to underserved and underrepresented students about alternative pathways to medicine. Um, and typically these are the students that folks say like, hey, you know, you didn't get an A in chemistry or organic chemistry, you probably shouldn't consider medicine at this point. And so I spent a lot of time just meeting with students and encouraging them and telling them about alternative ways that they can then um, matriculate into medical school. So I absolutely loved that job. I loved working directly with students. Um, but at some point I realized that not only do I love working with students, but I also wanted to um, work with patients and really um, develop a clinical skill. So that is part of the reason why I transitioned into the field of nursing. So I want to unpack a little bit of what you um, were talking about. So I think it's really important for people to understand why it's so important to have programs that focus on increasing minority and underrepresented students in healthcare and in medicine. So what drew you to wanting to work with those students? Was it the fact that you were a first gen student or like, tell us a little bit about more about what drew you to that, but also why it's so important. Cause it, I mean, I really, I firmly believe that we need to have more representation in the health fields. If we want to be a profession that takes care of and understands all of the patients that we serve. Oh, absolutely. I think um, because I was a first, well, I am a first generation student as well as like I experience academic challenges. So I can empathize with a student who may not have done well their first year or even their second year of college. You know, those experiences don't necessarily define who they will be as practitioners, as physicians, as you know, whatever industry they desire to pursue, I think, you know, um, institutions really need to start thinking about holistic admissions, especially when it comes to recruiting your underserved student who may not have done well. And so, I really believe in the importance of these pathway programs. Um, and so, yes. Can you um, talk a little bit more about what holistic admissions might look like? So when I think about holistic admissions, I think that admissions committee should think about the distance traveled of a student. So if you are thinking about, for instance, the socioeconomic background, whether or not that student is first generation, um, is a first generation student or first generation professional in their family, like they may not have that support uh, that has, you know, helped them to develop their application for instance, a health profession program. They may not have that resource that will review their personal statement or that will coach them through the interview process. And, you know, what's interesting about this space is that 
you know, there are companies out here that charge three to $400 for a student to, you know, participate in a mock interview. And how do we create like an equitable admissions process if you know there are students that can afford to pay that, to pay for the coach, to pay for, you know, the person to review the personal statement, whereas there may be a low income student that doesn't have access to those resources. So, you know, I definitely think um, institutions need to look at the entire applicant beyond their grades and sometimes even beyond their personal statement and look at their distance traveled. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I love that. And I'm so glad to learn about and be able to share these types of resources with our listeners because I think it's really important. Okay, so then you were working with these different programs and decided that, you know, you really you loved working with students, but you also wanted to work with patients. So how did you come to nursing since you were um, helping students look at the medical profession? What was it about nursing that drew you to it? Well, when I moved to Sacramento, I would volunteer with an organization called the African Americans Women's Health Legacy. And every year they sponsored a conference um, that was themed, the theme was around African Americans within the field of nursing. And so that event would bring out nurses from across the Sacramento region. And it was just a day event where you would just learn about the field, about what folks are currently doing, some innovative projects, and learn about various nursing programs. And uh, the organization, I felt like they really like took me under their wings and, you know, the their director encouraged me to consider this as a possible career. Um, she also wrote my letter of recommendation for nursing school. So this was initially a volunteer opportunity for me just to like contribute to the community. And, you know, it was also part of the reason of like why I decided to shift my career, not completely leave higher ed, but at least pursue nursing for now. That sounds like an incredible program. Do you know if other programs like that exist around the country? So I know that they do offer, so they're definitely a local organization, but throughout the country, I, I want to say yes, but what I would encourage, like, especially a student who identifies as Black or African American, like, they should look at their local Black Nurses Association. And through that organization, they may find out about, you know, opportunities for either mentoring or various conferences that are held with those organizations. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're in your second year of nursing school. Is that correct? Yes, I am a second year student. So I survived and pharmacology. <laughs> well, congratulations. <yeah. laughs> I, it feels good. I'm currently studying for the NCLEX. So I'm excited to sit for my board soon. And um, I started the graduate portion of our program this week. So yeah, it feels pretty good. So talk about that. So you're in a, an accelerated program that also then translates into a graduate degree? Yeah, so, uh, so I'm in a program where our first year is considered our pre-licensure year. So we complete the, like the, what you would consider the BSN portion 
of nursing um, and we, for instance, take med surge, we have a psych uh, course as well as um, maternity and public health. So we complete all of our BSN requirements during the first year and our second year is when we start the advanced practice portion of the program where we're taking advanced health assessment. Um, right now I'm enrolled in a health policy course, which I'm really excited about. And um, what other course? I'm also taking a research course right now for a scholarly project that we'll have to complete by the end of the program. That's so cool. And so once you're done this program, so I see that you're interested in becoming a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Will this program then lead you to that path? Yeah, so by the end of the program, um, I will be eligible to sit for my boards um, to be a psychiatric nurse practitioner. So it is an accelerated program. Um, I believe I start my psych clinical rotations this summer for the advanced practice portion of the program. That's great. Yeah, it does sound very accelerated. I'm sure it keeps you very busy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we met during the Drexel Sunsdale Nurse Innovation and Entrepreneurship Certificate Program. And you mentioned a little while ago the word innovation. Of course, that always makes me excited to hear. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about what your interest is in nursing innovation and how you got interested in that area. Yeah, so uh, during my break, it's I actually randomly decided to attend the Johnson & Johnson Nurse Hackathon. So during my break from uh, in between my spring and summer semester, I really didn't have anything to do nor did I have money to like travel in the midst of COVID. So I decided to spend the week just learning more about design thinking. And I took the, I believe you all offered a workshop like throughout the week, just based on design thinking and crafting your problem statement. And I decided to pitch my problem statement at the hackathon, not knowing what would happen, not you know, just thinking, hey, I'm going to put myself out there. Who knows if it'll gain traction. And by the end of the weekend, we, our team came up with an idea of utilizing virtual reality technology as a way to introduce high school students to careers within the health professions. And I wanted to start with nursing since right now I'm currently in nursing school. So far, it's been a great eye-opening experience experience because I did not realize how challenging it would be to start a business, but I definitely appreciate being introduced to the idea of design thinking while in nursing school. So this is really interesting. So for those who don't know what a hackathon is, so let's step back and sort of unpack some of this. Can you just explain what the experience was like of going through a hackathon and what that means for our listeners who might not have ever heard of a hackathon or done a hackathon? Well, so the way this hackathon was structured, there were several paths that you could have participated in. I believe one was in regards to vaccines. I chose the DNI, you know, health equity, diversity track. And we met on Friday and during that meeting, folks were able to pitch their problem statement. 
And once you pitch your problem statement, you are then sent to think of it, think of it as a breakout room, hypothetically. And I waited in the room and surprisingly, like folks from various industries started to join the room. So we had engineers in the room. We had folks with a business background who joined our room and our team. Um, and throughout the weekend, we just continued to iterate on the idea, meaning that we, we brainstormed an idea, we talked about it and decided to make a change. And it was just a constant cycle of like conversation, making small changes throughout the weekend until we got to a point where we had um, not only finalized our problem statement, but we came up with a concept that we wanted to eventually create a prototype for. And so um, on Sunday, we were able to pitch that concept or that idea to folks who, you know, in my room, we had folks from like the ANA as well as Microsoft who were there to give us feedback on our idea. How many people were on your team? So during the hackathon, whew, I want to say there was about eight of us. Like it, you know, because it was a weekend commitment, not everyone could make it to the end of the hackathon because it was like we weren't on the line for 24 hours don't get me wrong but you know it was like eight to ten hour day um yes so. for, for those for those who don't know a hackathon is a very high intensity event that takes place over a weekend it starts on friday night goes through sunday afternoon and you get to work with professionals students from all around the world, all over the country, and nurses, entrepreneurs, designers, engineers, other clinicians. It's an amazing event, an amazing way to experience interdisciplinary collaboration and solve for problems that, of course, nurses and others are seeing um, every day in their practice. So you had about eight people on your team. You got to pitch your idea to a variety of different high-profile folks in different organizations. What happened after that? Afterwards, a founder reached out to me on LinkedIn because one of the folks who were in the office told her about our idea. She then encouraged me to enroll in an incubator. So I currently live in Boston, which is, I feel like startup central. And there are like tons of incubators in Boston. And I chose one that was available to me on a sliding scale because I'm a student and I just can't afford to spend thousands of dollars to iterate on an idea right now. And so I spent about six weeks in an incubator, just drafting a business plan as well as going through the process of customer discovery and just learning more about what it takes to really start a business. Since then, like, unfortunately, all of my team members didn't move forward, which is totally fine and actually expected sometimes. Um, but luckily for me, like I've had, I was able to find mentors from that experience who have met with me or they would like email me just to like keep me encouraged in the process. Um, I then decided once I had somewhat of a business plan put together, I applied for Oculus Launchpad, which is part of a, which was recently acquired by Facebook, but they're like one of the leading VR companies and they offer 
a VR development program. And this all started, like really this idea was conceptualized in May. And since then, you know, I've been able to participate in an incubator, meet folks from really all over the country who are interested in VR and this work. And it's been exciting so far. I definitely want to hear more about the Oculus Launchpad Fellowship. So I don't know if you know this or not, but my area of research prior to taking on my position as Director of Innovation at Penn Nursing, I was doing virtual and augmented reality applications for sudden cardiac arrest, developing programs for that and doing research around using those technologies for training and education. So I'm really interested to hear what the Oculus Launchpad Fellowship was like. Right, so the fellowship was, um, I recently participated in it um, at the end of August. And so they select up to a hundred diverse content creators uh, and they put you through a boot camp and accelerator. So the program starts in around August and it ends in February. During the boot camp, we learned about ways to create inclusive gaming and programs within the virtual reality space. Um, we were then connected to designers, producers, um, you know, folks who are engineers. Uh, and also folks who are already developing games within VR who are part of the program. So it's been a great opportunity to network with folks who are in the space because, you know, I don't have a technical background, but I applied for the program just because like I have a vision and I have a passion for a project and was accepted to the program. So in addition to the boot camp, they also send you the equipment. So they sent us Oculus headsets um, and they're gonna send us another headset, I think midway through the program. And there's a course that you participate in that's held about like once a week starting in um, September. And that is for folks who do not have technical skills, but again, are interested in building an immersive <laughs> reality environment um, for your project. So far, it's been a great learning experience as well as a great way for me to network and really to think big about the possibilities within VR. I know, um, you know, folks are like slowly adapting to VR. Like I definitely know this is a big gamer space, but I'd love to see what happens with VR in the education space and how can we take, use VR to recruit students? Like what ways can we use this technology to bring program opportunities to students who may not have access to them. Yeah, the fellowship sounds incredible, but your idea and way that you want to envision using VR in that way, I think, is just so innovative. And I totally get why you were accepted to that program. So I'm curious, how has your nursing lens lended itself to this project? I want to understand like how you think you know, we can blend nursing technology and innovation into what we're doing. Like my experience in, in school, as well as recruiting students, I just felt like, like, I think it's one thing when you hear about, like, for instance, the lack of diversity within a particular field, but it's another thing to actually, actually witness it. Like, <laughs> and, um, 
while in nursing school, I think I was like really exposed to the lack of diversity just within the health professions and within your interprofessional health team, right? Because it's not only about nurses and doctors, but there are other members of the team. And so, yeah, I just like that. I just constantly thought about the lack of diversity throughout this year. Um, and I just want to do something to bring change. And, you know, even if it's in a small way, if I can imp impact a group of students, you know, to me, I think it's worth it. What does that lack of diversity feel like to someone in your position in nursing school? And why is it so important that there be a more diverse set of students in nursing programs? I mean, I can, you know, one example that I can give that is really not a representation of my own identity, but if we think about, for instance, the lack of males within nursing, like the nursing profession is about 90% comprised of women. You bring up a really important point, like we need to think about all of our students in nursing programs because you said like 90% of nurses are women. And I don't know what the percentage is, but I would imagine it's close to that, that are white women, right? So thinking outside of that lens on how we can better serve all of our students and not just serve all of our students, but encourage other students to get into these programs. And that's why I think the work that you're doing is so important. Oh, thank you, Miriam. You are doing this fellowship. Where are you at with your company? Like, how do you see this application for virtual reality coming about? Well, right now, um, the company is currently in its infancy stage. Actually going to pitch this idea at a local um, pitch competition as a way to raise funding for the company. Um, my goal is to actually onboard a high school student because again, this, this business, I want to like directly um, recruit high school students and really introduce them to the idea of pursuing health professions as a career. So I think if I want to work with high school students, I should provide opportunities for high school students to get involved with the production of this business. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And I'm hoping to partner with a local organization in Boston to, again, work with the high school student and provide them with a experience that they can include on their CV. Um, and I'll be pitching the business at a local pitch competition as a way to raise funds. And by the end of the Oculus Launchpad experience, I have the opportunity to pitch it to the Facebook Reality Labs. And through that competition, you know, they provide you with additional funding as well as technical support to build out your program. Wow, it's really incredible. You're in this accelerated nursing program and you're doing a startup company. Both of those things are more than like full-time jobs. So I really commend you on the work that you're doing. And you know, if there's any way that I can help support that, please let me know. One final question I have. You're a really good example of somebody who's come from a different profession, took your interest and are now starting a nursing program, but keeping that interest 
and creating a product, an idea around that interest. How would you encourage other nurses, nursing students who also have an idea to take that idea and start to run with it? Because it's not easy. And, you know, just this whole entire episode, you've talked about the tireless work that you've done in a really short period of time from inception of the idea at the hackathon through to where you're at today in this uh, launchpad program and starting a company. It's a lot of work. What would you say to students who have this idea or have an idea, but you know, sort of need to be encouraged because it is an additional amount of work over even just nursing school. Absolutely. I think, I think a part of it just has to do with execution and persevering past no. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to get into Oculus, but understand I experienced lots of rejections before I got into this program. Even though, you know, I started my business in May, once I decided to, decided to start the business, I applied to accelerators across the country because right now things are virtual. I was like, hey, why not? And I've interviewed and I've been rejected. So sometimes you do have to persevere past no and also find the right community of folks that will be in your corner to support you because not only are you dealing with rejections, but it can be like an emotional experience, right? Um, so I've been fortunate enough to meet folks along the way who will send me an encouraging word every now and then, folks who have business experience that I can lean on and ask them advice on whether or not this should be like a subscription plan, you know? So again, find those folks. And I think SunCL is a great organization for you to start in if you're in an area that is not necessarily a startup hub because I realized that folks are across the country and you may not be able to find those folks in your local community, but there are organizations that you can join and you can join in on Zoom and learn more about the work that they're doing. Um, I would also encourage folks to just, you know, venture on the clubhouse. You never know who you can meet in the startup space or go to your institution. They may have an innovation office or your local institution within your region may be also working on innovative projects. So, you know, don't give up on your idea, write them down and just, you know, execute. <laughs> Do not give up, continue to iterate, understand that it's a process. You're gonna constantly be changing and revising and questioning whether or not you should do it, but I say go for it. Yeah, these are all great suggestions. I will put links to all of these things, including SunCL, which is the Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneurs, and Leaders on our uh, webpage so that everybody can check those out. Well, Mary Rose, thank you so much for talking with us. I really enjoyed this conversation and learning about all the just incredible, important work that you're doing. Thank you so much, Mary. Hello, Marion. Hello, Angela. How's it going? It's amazing. Couldn't be better. I listened to your interview, which was fascinating. I thought that she was super interesting. I, her trajectory into nursing was pretty interesting. And she comes with this really cool background 
Yeah, she's so cool. How she started out, where she's at now, what she's doing, all while being in nursing school was really impressive to me. Yeah, she's got such a rich background in academia and, you know, supporting other people that, you know, once she has nursing under her belt and finished, it's just going to be that, that much more profound, her effect on, on, and her ability to be able to help other people. Yeah. And what I found really interesting was that she left her position at the university where she was working on that program with first gen students Mm -hmm. and now took that same passion with her into nursing school, but also into the innovation work that she's doing and is constantly trying to think of how she can match those interests together and is creating something really different and really innovative. And I can't wait to see what comes of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really exciting to see. And I just, like I said, her, her background and, and skill set really lends itself to being able to do things I think that are going to be really, really beneficial for a lot of people. Totally. Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa Donato and Marion Leary and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing with special thanks to our Department of Information Technology Services for their assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Follow us on Twitter at Penn Nursing. Until next time, keep pushing over, under, around, and through. We want to thank you for listening to the Amplify Nursing podcast and remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy your podcast listening. And if you can do us a solid, please rate and review us as well. It will go a long way in amplifying our episodes.